What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. Welcome back to Why Network interview every job occupation A through Z from the trash man to the CEO and ask them. Why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Mr. Colin Guest. Now, many years ago while at work, Colin sustained a back injury. As a result, he lost his job, putting him and his wife in serious financial difficulties. After several months of treatment, he was cured. However, due to the seriousness of his situation, he decided there was only one way to get back on his feet and out of debt. As an experienced shop fitter, he had once worked abroad. From this, he knew he could earn more money working overseas than in England. Although it meant leaving his family, he accepted a contract in Saudi Arabia. That contract proved to be the start of 14 years of working as an expat. During this time, Colin worked in 14 countries spread through the Middle, Far East, and North Africa, living a life most only dream. Now, Colin, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go. All right, Colin. Now, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. How about you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Now, Colin, let's go ahead and get this uh, ball rolling. And let's like let's really um dive into uh, really what you do uh, more so. So let's like get really a clear definition of what you do. So like, can you like put into your own words uh, what your profession is and like what being an expat is all about? Okay, right. Where shall I start? With, with my apprenticeship, first of all, as a, a joiner, I had five years training as that. During that time, we used to not only make the items, we used to go out and fit them, fitting out shops, banks, churches, a variety of things all over the southwest, some in uh, Devon as well. Um, and from that, I worked my way up. I stayed at the company for just over a year after I finished my apprenticeship. Then I went to work with a specialist shop fitting company. And from that, I traveled all over England, Wales, up to Scotland, all variety of shops, mainly um, fashion shops, more banks. But um, in general, it was a very interesting life. and certainly one I could recommend because you meet such a variety of people, the different shops that we work with, architects, the managers, manageresses and all that. Anyway, I found it very interesting. Um, to me, I had what I would only class as a very good life experience. Not many people get to do things that I did or go and visit the places that I did. So no, for a profession, as a joiner, because a shop fitter starts off as a joiner, basically, you have mm -hmm. to know all the ins and outs of the trade, how to do things, make them, and then not only make them, but fit them. And while doing that, you have to keep the client happy. And that's not always an easy task, as you can well imagine. So, Of, of course. <laughs> pretty much everything went uh, very well. I worked for that company for some years. Then my wife and I moved up to London. I worked for another specialist, a big shop fitting company in London. Did more work all over the place. But there, our work was mainly for fashion houses, 
my company was uh, Jewish, so most of our clients were Jews owning these luxury shops that we fitted out. So it was uh, pretty cool, pretty cool, I would say. Interesting, very interesting. And let's go ahead and uh, roll into that first question. So, like, why did you even start being a joiner slash shop fitter? Ah, well, that goes back to when I was still, what, about 14, something like that. Mm-hmm. And my brother, who's about seven years older than myself, he was working as a apprentice joiner in the Royal Naval Duckyard. During that time, he would come home sometimes with a little toy tank or a car or something like that he had made, and he would give it to me. And I'm thinking, hell, he made this, you know? And to me, that was something special. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'll take this up when I'm older. Well, my brother, without any boasting, is far more clever than I am. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to the nitty-gritty of exams to pass to get in to the same situation as he was, I failed. Wasn't very good. I then started work as an apprentice uh, boiler maker, but I hated it. I used to come home every night with a boom, boom in my ears, the headache, talking to my mother about it. Unknown to me, because of my situation, she decided to help out. And one day she said to me, right, I've got an interview arranged for you. I said, you got an interview for, for what? She said, as a joiner, one of the major building companies in Plymouth, where we lived, they had a separate joinery division. So I remember it as clear as it was yesterday. She took me down there introduced to Mr. Halliwell, who was the company secretary. We had an interview there. He asked me all sorts of questions, blah, blah, blah. It went very well. As a result, I was given a five-year apprenticeship. As I said, then I started from that. For the first year, all I did was to help make doors. And this was a bit awkward because the guy teaching me had one arm and one eye. He had really? been, yes, this, but he was incredibly strong, even with just one arm, because he had a false arm, like, and making these doors up, we had to make the door, put them in the press, press them all down so they all got glued together, blah, 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 no problem. But these were solid core doors, very heavy. And I found it difficult. I was only, what, 15 then. I found it difficult to lift the doors. And I said about it. And he said, don't be such a baby. Nothing wrong with it. Pick it up, you know. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. He's got one arm. If he (laughs) can do this, then I got to do it, you know. Yeah. uh, we, We went on from that. And then. I worked with another couple of guys, they're experienced uh, joiners. And then we started making up counters and bank fittings. We used to do a lot of work for what was the Midland Bank at the time. And if you were lucky enough to be chosen, because there's only a few of us, maybe about six people went on these jobs to fit the bank out. If you went on one of those, you earned a lot of money because you worked a lot of hours. 
So the money was vast, and of course the experience was great. You learned how to do things, how to fix things. So everything went on from that. And as I said, traveling around, oh, it was great, great. You didn't see too much of home like, you didn't see much of your friends, but at that time there was a difference between working, shall we say, 40 hours a week back in the joiner shop to 140 hours, that's including overtime of course, 140 hours against 40, you can imagine the difference in the money. Cool. Okay. And I think you really uh, answered that second question in that first question as well of, you know, what was the process like of, you know, becoming a, a, a joiner slash top fitter. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, ask you, you know, what were some, what do you feel like, I know you were talking about how your brother came home with the tank and you found that very interesting. Uh, but, you know, what, what are, what are some, uh, what are some other childhood hobbies and habits that you think matriculated into who you became today? Right. Well, let's put it this way. When we were fitting out the banks, we used to go in and the bank was just four walls, shall we say, concrete walls. When we left the bank, the bank was ready for open for business. All the we did everything, the paneling, the walls, you name it, the counters, marble work, granite. We did everything. So to me, when you look back at it and you would think I helped do that, and to me, it was a big achievement in going on to fit out these shops. As I say, we did shops in the West End, the London, all over the place. And it's a great satisfaction. You think it's all worthwhile because it's a lot of work. It's hard work at times. As I say, you're working seven days a week when you're doing this sort of thing. Mm. But job satisfaction to me was the most important thing. If you don't get job satisfaction when you're doing a job, you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. But the main thing, the whole point of the job to me is job satisfaction. And I've always been lucky enough to get that. Mm. Perfect. And I, and again, that's what this podcast is all about, getting the, that job satisfaction. So I'm very happy that you touched on that point right there. And mm. let's go ahead and ask you what, what an average day is like for you. Oh, well, let's put it this way. When we were working at a joiner shop, we used to start at 8 o'clock in the morning, hour for lunch, and then we would work till about 5 o'clock, eight-hour day, basically. Mm -hmm. During that time, we could be doing all sorts of things. When we did the banks, for instance, we had to join up these great big tops. They were over a meter wide in teak, solid teak, about an inch and a half thick. Mm -hmm. So you had to make them up, plane them up, and then they went through a huge sanding machine to get them finished off. This was just part of it, but as I say, the days varied a lot, depending if you're in the shop. In the shop, basic hours, similar thing most days, but if you're working outside, that's a different ball game. You still start at eight o'clock, but when we were fitting out the banks, for instance, which usually lasted for around five weeks, You'd be working till 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. So you can mm. imagine that's that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds sounds like a, a big sweat. So let's let's go ahead and ask this. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? Uh, as I said, basically, I I get a lot of pleasure from well, I've worked all over the place. And to me, as I said, the satisfaction you get at the end of the day, looking because you can physically see what you've done. 
Mm. It's there for everybody else to see. You can say to somebody, I wrote a book. Who reads the book? Unless somebody buys the book or it's nobody sees it. Mm. When you've done a shop or a bank, people walking past or going inside, they can see all the effort that's been done because people realize it just doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot yeah. of work involved there. So everything goes back job satisfaction because there is something physically there for all to see. And that can be there for years. Banks don't change that often, as you know. Well, maybe. <laughs> okay, so let's let's ask you this. So what do you enjoy the least about what you do? Well, the least was the main problem, of course, was when I was married there, away from my wife, away from my children. I was away basically for three weeks at a time. In that time, I only got home one weekend every three weeks. So mm. it's, you don't see your kids growing up if you're working away all the time like that, which isn't good, of course. Of course. But everything requires a sacrifice somewhere. Yes. And today, my late wife, the end results justified the means because it has to. If it doesn't, what's the point? There is no point. Mm. So, um, but that was the that was the biggest problem, and of course, working away like we were in England, that is England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, rather, you had to find accommodation, and because of the accommodation was set, or the accommodation price that we were allowed was set, we had to find accommodation which corresponded with the money that the company paid us. Mm. Now, that restricted you, of course. You can't just say, oh, well, well, we'll stop here. This looks great. Sometimes you had to stay in places which weren't so great. And then as soon as you could, you would be off out looking around, find somewhere better. Mm. Um, but that was the worst thing was not seeing the kids, not seeing my wife, as I said, in trying to find suitable accommodation. Later on, wasn't the problem. The company used, when I was working abroad, the company provided all the accommodation. So I never had to worry about that. It's a completely different thing, but still the same thing. Family, you don't see much of. Okay, okay. Uh, now, let me ask you one of my favorite questions on the uh, podcast right here, and that is, uh, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success in your career today? <laughs> well, in my case, certainly not, because my grades, I never went to high school for a start off. I finished school at 15 and I started work at 15. Um, mm. Grades, no, it's more important that you've got the scale. If you've got the scale, because skill comes more naturally than anything else, you learn X amount, of course, but during that time, and unless you've got no idea and no skill inside you, it doesn't transpound to what you actually can do. So grades might be good in some respects. If you're going for a managerial position at a later date, you can look back and say, well, yes, I've got a diploma from the university and this and that. That's good. But for basic joinery, shop fitting, you don't need grades. You need a bit of 
common sense, shall we say. That's more important. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we're down to the second to last question. So what do you feel that your impact is? Uh, and it could be anything. It could be in work, out out of work. Um, for for impact is just really what you're devoted to, uh, in my opinion. So like, what are you devoted to 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 doing? Well, at the moment, I I'm an author. I write books, but uh, I think one of the main things with my business in the past, shop for joinery, it gave me the skills to do a lot of work around the house. I used to do all the decorating, the painting, sort out any any units in the house. I do everything, floor laying, tiles. It saved a hell of a lot of money because otherwise we would have had to pay out that money. So the skills I learned in later life saved me a lot of money. Everything today is getting more and more expensive. So whatever you can do yourself can save you money. You can use that, put that money to a better use. So I think a lot of it is what I said. It works out well, I think. And uh, we're, we're winding down to this last question. So um, if there's one piece of advice that you could give uh, to somebody who wants to be in your position today, what would it be? What would it be? Well, if, you, if you're a qualified joiner, you've got every chance of becoming a shop fitter. There are a lot of companies around all over the country, in America, any country you want to think about. There are various companies specializing in this. There are also different organizations that will help you find a job, not just find a job, but they'll give you all the information you need to work in a particular country, what to do, what not to do, because some places are easy to work in. But if you go to Saudi Arabia, for instance, things may have changed since I was there, but that's not so simple. Mm. And you can't leave the country when you want because you have to get an exit permit. And without exit permit, you don't go anywhere. Mm. Yeah. All right, Colin. So that was a great interview. Um, Couldn't have asked for a better one. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Now, folks, there are three types of work, a job, a career and a calling. Most people have a job. You're very lucky if you find a career and you're truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Colin helped you find it here today. And that is a wrap. If you like today's episode, make sure to follow the Y Network on Instagram for daily quotes from your favorite episodes and more. And if today's podcast helped you in any type of way, make sure not to thank me, but thank God. God put me on the right track at the right time to provide you guys with this content through me. And I pray that this episode helps you align with your purpose so that you too may help others. So stay blessed and stay safe. And until next time, guys. What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent.